folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Bessie Glover. And me, a very intrigued and excited resident F1 enthusiast, Christian Hugill. Betty, how are you, my dear? Oh, I like intrigued and excited. We'll get onto that in a moment. I am very well, thanks, Christian. How are you? Uh, yes, I'm very good. Just me and you today, isn't it? No Gregory James. He's our team principal. Usually, at the top of the podcast, he does this spiel about what the podcast is about. So, Christian, I'm going to hand that over to you today. Oh, this will be fun. I know. Oh, what a what a treat. There's a lot of pressure on me here. Um, okay, well, this this is a <laughs> podcast for... I hope, I hope I do it well, you know. This is a podcast for new Formula One fans, people who are just discovering the sport, and it's also for F1 geeks, enthusiasts, sad acts, nerds like me, whatever you want to call us. People, to use producer Jimmy's quote, people who like F1 so much, they're frankly a little bit ill. That's what <laughs> Jimmy once described me as. He's not wrong. No, no, he's not wrong. So yeah, if you've been hooked by watching for a couple of minutes in Brazil a couple of weeks ago, you're very welcome. Or if you've been watching it for three decades like me, not quite three decades, I'm 32. I started watching when I was a bit older, but you know, that sort of time, then that's you're also welcome there as well. How did I do with the spiel? Was that okay? Do you think Greg will let me do that again? Um, I I don't think he will let you do it again. I think he's going to keep that for himself. But you you did do right. it justice. I think you sold our pod really well, to be honest. Oh, that's nice. But usually on this podcast, we go inside the sport, don't we? And we speak to the drivers themselves, the teams around them, which we are going to be doing today. But this week, Christian, is one that I am particularly excited for because F1 is off to Las Vegas, baby. So we're going to look ahead to that. Sorry, I I, like I I missed that. Sorry. Uh, where's F1 heading to? <laughs> Las Vegas, baby. I'm doing the hands. Yeah, that was... I'm actually in a hotel at the moment, so every, everyone's probably like, what the hell? I, no, I enjoyed it. It was it was high camp, and you know that's the way to get me on board. Um, yeah, very soon we are going to be going into the Aston Martin camp. But I did describe myself as being intrigued because F1 is pretty much heading into the unknown. And and it's rare that F1 heads into the unknown. We don't have that many shiny new races. It's rare for me. It's rare for F1 fanatics. Some Most of these races have a bit of a history or, or have at least had a couple of outings. But F1 is going racing in Las Vegas on a brand new circuit. F1 has raced in Vegas a couple of times before, back in the 80s, but this is completely different to that. How much of a big deal is it that F1 is going to be in Vegas? In particular, because we've already had two other races in America, haven't we? What Formula One's been really good at doing in the last sort of 10 years or so is sort of arriving in big cities like Miami and like Austin, and it captures the imagination of everyone there. So when you have somewhere like Vegas, which is just one of the tourist hotspots of the world, it's such a, a cool way of F1 sort of saying, here we are, we're the biggest sport in the world. And the scale of it's unreal because, you know, you look at the old Vegas race in the 80s, they were racing around the car park sort of just on the outskirts. Like It's like, okay, let's put Formula One cars down one of the most famous roads in the world. It's it's unbelievable. It's a massive weekend for Formula One. Yeah. We do know a lot about the track, largely that it's in the shape of an upside-down pig, which is my favourite thing about it. Bet it looks like Spider Pig from The Simpsons when Homer holds it up to the 
on the Simpsons film where hold, Homer holds it up to the ceiling. Do you know what I mean by that? Spider pig. Spider pig does whatever Ever a spider, a spider pig, pig does. does. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. That That's the <laughs> most important thing about it. Um, but also, it's going to be a very fast track. We obviously have seen pictures. If anyone's got the F1 PlayStation game like me, you can drive it. We also know that it's going to be bloody freezing. Yeah, so it's going to be between, what, 7 and 10 degrees or something, isn't it? Lando Norris was like, he's going to have his hand warmers. It must be such a difference to Brazil, right? Because, what was that, like 20 degrees? I think so, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean F1 chases the sun, doesn't it? So it's hotter more often than it's cold. But this weekend, you know, it's it's the Texas desert in the winter. It's it's going to be cold. A lot of the chat is around the temperatures. If the temperatures plummet, how can that affect the track itself? How's that going to affect the cars? How's that going to affect the drivers? Well, we'll talk a little bit about this when we go through our listeners' post bag of questions a little bit towards the end of the podcast. But I'll give you a little teaser now. And, and I feel like I'm safe to say this teaser, Betty, while Greg's not here, because it's not his favourite topic of conversation. But it has its biggest impact on the round black things, no. the tyres. God. No, I, I don't like this tyre hate that Greg... I, I love a bit of tyre chat. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, tyres in a bit, Christian. Um, but have you seen all of the disruption that is going on in Vegas, in particular around Bono and you too? I do what I, I can do is talk about F1 and talk about cars. I'm not brilliant about the celebrity stuff that follows it. I'll be completely honest. I know that... That that you two have a residency in Vegas, which is awesome, and I know that that's had to be poor. Like nothing pauses Vegas residencies because they're insane, and I know that F one's pausing Vegas's residency. And I saw Bono was talking about F one, but I didn't see exactly what he said. You might have seen the videos of it doing the rounds, and um, they're stopping for a few nights for the Grand Prix. And um, the way that Bono basically explained Formula One is absolutely. Amazing. We're giving Las Vegas back to Formula One, actually, we're giving it to. <laughs> now, if you don't know what Formula One is, it's, it's a sport where very tidy, lean, mean men and some extraordinary women climb onto rockets <laughs> and try to stay on Earth and not achieve orbit, something like that. <laughs> Yes, you can tell he's a songwriter because that's perfect. I didn't know they were still going, to be honest. But you didn't know they were still on. Well, they're not going this weekend. No, well, no, they got weekend off. They got I didn't know off. they were still making music. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> speaking of Vegas, shall we go? Sadly, not quite literally, because I would get on a plane now if I could. But shall we transport ourselves there through the medium of some people who know what they're talking about, Betty? Okay, so I'm really pleased to say that joining us live from Vegas is Matty, Jordan and Jack, Aston Martin, Mechanics. Um, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for joining us because I know it's fairly early in the morning for you all. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's fairly early, but it's it's kind of not. We're quarter to 11 our time here. I mean, you've seen all the scheduled times of Vegas this week. I mean, the races are like 10 p.m. or midnight, something like that. So we're actually... It's very early morning for us because we're not going to work till 3pm. You're going to be all over the place, aren't you? Uh, Jordan, can you just explain to us then what exactly you guys do? Like, What are your job titles? So me and Matty conveniently have the same like job title this year. So like, we're both number two mechanics and then we're both further to that. It's within like, front end mechanics. Anything that goes in the car, where the driver sits within the cockpit, forwards. We install, we fit, 
we all change if we have any problems and then Jack is then our one of our garage technicians and then your pit equipment as well aren't you Jack so yes, yeah. he looks after all of the pit equipment making sure that's all set up and serviced and ready to go for us each weekend as well. Matt, we'll get on to why you guys are on the podcast in a minute and, and what beautiful things you guys have on your faces in a moment. So cool to have actual Aston Martin mechanics on the podcast, let alone actual Aston Martin mechanics sat in Vegas. Just Matt, starting with you, talk us through what you can see and where you are. I mean, I won't show you the other side of my camera because my hotel room's a mess. But we're literally, <laughs> yeah, we're in our hotel room in Vegas. Um, we're not, we're not on a super flash on, but it's it's pretty nice. I mean, it's Vegas, not bad. You can literally, we have got the sphere behind wow. us. Got, Look at it. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's meant to be the London Eye. You can literally, I can see uh, all the hotels. Literally, we're not far from the strip. A bit surreal being here. Literally, woke up today, sun's out. We've got here last night. It's late, and you can see. I mean, you can see the desert behind all the buildings and that. It's uh, it's crazy. We've never been anywhere like it. It's a uh, it's a big culture change. What we're not we're normally in, you know, like Silverstone, like where we where we grew up. You know, you're going from an airfield to Silverstone to the desert in Las Vegas. It's mental. The Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> Jack, tell tell us what the atmosphere is like. Have you sort of been able to walk around a bit, speak to anybody? Yeah. Well, when we first got here on Sunday night, it was we thought was quieter than we thought but last night we went out got a bit of food and um had a little look around the strip and you can really start feeling it's getting busier it's getting more hyped for the event um you know the track's getting built around you as you're walking down the strip um so yeah no the atmosphere is certainly building as we get into the weekend uh, and I think it's only it's only going to get bigger and better and Jordan I try and emphasize a lot on this podcast just how hard guys like you work because like I do an occasional F1 travel weekend and get back and feel like I want to sleep for nine months yeah but you guys travel all around the world and we know how exhausting it is and we know how hard you guys work there must be an element of getting to somewhere like this and being like oh this is bloody cool surely yeah I think like any of the new places that I've had the pleasure of visiting like when I started in Formula One I think you you still have that buzz of like it's somewhere new it's somewhere different obviously we all know like Vegas is you know a city of dreams um but it does it does take its toll like the, all of the traveling that we do I think we had four days at home after Brazil and then straight back out here again so it's kind of like it does take its toll but you know, we work hard, we all work well together, that's the main thing, and it's just, we all pick each other up as well. I think you get, like, conditioned to it as well, don't you? Like, we get, yeah. like, after Brazil, we were absolutely cooked. Yeah. You get on a flight back home, and as soon as you're back home, it's like, you have a sleep in your own bed, and then you sort of maximise what you can do at home in your time, and then getting back in the mindset just to go back away and be full throttle again. You mentioned Brazil. That must have been sort of extra hard to get over and get on the right time zone after because you must have been absolutely buzzing. Yeah, it was a it was a proper good result after Austin, Mexico was such a such a hard couple of weeks. Even Brazil, like the the workload in, in Brazil for everyone in the garage was just, just mental. Just trying to get over the issues we've been having, find a bit of pace in the car, so then pluck a result out in Brazil and actually find some pace it was just it was just unreal like it was really needed after that triple header it really lifted team morale that's for sure we had a big release of energy didn't we yeah well Matty I was going to say that Matty describe I mean 
good Lord, I went absolutely mad when Fernando did that move on Sergio yeah. Perez. That was stunning. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like you to describe what happened in the garage in as much detail as possible when Fernando pulled off that absolute stunner of a move. Yeah. Oh, well, so honestly, so obviously, you know, the race was going ex- extremely well. I thought we'd been through extremely well. Checo got past and we're like, OK, maybe it's done. And then he got back past and the garage just erupted like it was mental because <laughs> normally like, we want to go out and like hang out on the fence and like you know celebrate but it was too close like coming up to the line that we like we had a blue to tv and the garage just went silent when they crossed the line it was like we didn't know who was ahead of who obviously then results came through and the garage went mental it was like an apocalypse in there there was like <laughs> there was pit stop helmets flying there was chairs going everywhere there was bottles of water flying like and obviously all around run down to the podium and I think someone's got a photo actually of the garage, aren't they? And there's just there's it's literally there's just stuff everywhere. Like it's it's unbelievable. It's 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 like we've won. Just absolute chaos. Yeah. It was like a mosh pit. It was like being it's like it's like being at race. <laughs> Guys, we're not just obviously getting you on to, to bask in the glory of Brazil as much as we've enjoyed that, and also to make us jealous with your hotel room views. There's also a reason you guys are on, and that is, uh, for those not watching, thank you, Jordan, who's again making me jealous with his hotel room view. Um, <laughs> Jordan, but there's also another thing that we're jealous of, and that's your spectacular ability to grow a moustache. Now, you guys, another one of the brilliantly mad moments of this podcast this year was when you guys got in touch with us to say you listen to the podcast, which is lovely of you, and can you come on to talk about your moustaches? Um, Jack... Explain a little bit about why you guys are all rocking excellent moustaches for Vegas weekend. <laughs> They're coming on strong, aren't they? Really strong. So, uh, yeah, we, for the last few years, we've heavily pushed and backed Movember. All these big issues that the men don't really talk about, you know. There'll, there'll, be, a, there'll be a lot of people, in particularly of our listeners in the UK and US, who know what Movember is is and what they do. But it's, it is a charity uh, and, the, and they do raise money for all sorts of particularly male issues like prostate cancer, testicular cancer, suicide prevention, but also mental health. Yeah, we just feel like as a team of group of lads that travel the world and, you know, we're away from our families a lot and we've got a great platform to actually promote and try and help Movember. So raise as much money and awareness as possible for a great cause. So moustaches, easy thing to do, but create a lot of awareness, a lot of conversations. We're all trying to run 60 kilometers this month in aid of men that take their lives. So the reason it's 60 kilometers is because one man takes his life every minute, right, mate? Every minute, yeah. So 60 kilometers for the 60 men every hour that, that take their life. It's something that I've wrestled with in the past as a bloke about whether to talk about my mental health because blokes have a stereotype for not being as good as, at talking about these things. I think it's a really powerful thing that in a sport that can still sometimes be seen as quite macho and quite laddie, that you guys are, are stepping up and willing to talk about this stuff and willing to talk about mental health. Would, I mean, I think it's awesome. Was it was it a, a difficult thing to decide to do? do you know what? It actually wasn't. And, and I think the main thing we wanted to do it was, like you said, it was to, to break the stereotypes, you know, like, like men keeping a bottle inside them, like, so there's a lot of people on the team that do struggle from mental health. People struggling with being away. People struggling with the pressure, the pressure of the job, the pressure of having like a family life. All those things built up in people. And then sort of the more we got like chatting with each other over a beer, 
obviously it became apparent actually quite a few people struggled with it and that's what kind of pushed us towards the charities because we could see the important work they're doing how much awareness they're raising we can get people who wouldn't normally get involved in things with us to just to grow a moustache with us and join up with people in the factory maybe people we hadn't even met that work for the team create such a big team and a good atmosphere it's just it felt so easy to do like and it, and, and it's grown and we're incredibly proud of that and, and we get talking to more people now that, than we would have done before you maybe didn't realize they were struggling with things or they had family members who were struggling with it and it's yeah i'm incredibly proud good for you man that's awesome yeah that is awesome and also like even if someone doesn't want to talk about it by seeing you guys talk about it and raise money will just make them feel better about everything because they know that they're not alone and that's the most important thing and um, jordan have you got quite a good response from this have other people wanted to sort of join in and get involved especially this year we've had like a way bigger response especially like within the team started out as six or seven members on our first time of doing it in, back in 19 and now i think we're like over 20 or 30 people i know that doesn't sound like a lot but it's it's a lot bigger than we've thought it was going to become really it's spreading the pit lane too isn't it yeah yeah definitely like, so mclaren and red bull have sort of done november a bit before but then this year we joined forces with the red bull boys we did a free peak challenge in 24 hours so we we walked with the red bull lads oh, wow. yeah so we, we it was quite nice it was like a nice link up with people again that you wouldn't normally link with sort of open up with each other you're in a sort of world of your own you it's just nice and relaxing but obviously we did it in 24 hours so it's a big big push as well and then we, we did that to raise money it was just it's nice to have it spreading through the pit lane and people get involved in yeah, it. There's a lot of tashes offered on the pit lane, isn't there? You see people getting on flights and ridiculous looking tash. It's great. <laughs> well, guys, it, it it doesn't look ridiculous. You do somehow all manage to rock it, which is, <laughs> which is exceptional in itself. Not that that's the most important thing. Listen, if anyone listening to this wants to donate to the lovely Aston team's fantastic cause, if you search Movember Aston Martin from your search engine... It comes straight up and you can donate uh, at uk.movember.com. That is uk.movember.com or just search Aston Martin November. Matt, Jack, Jordan, thank you so much for wanting to come on the podcast to plug it and for being absolutely brilliant. Your insight has been absolutely phenomenal and we're all hoping for another at least Aston podium this weekend, if not, right? oh my God, an Aston race win in Vegas would be insane. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. Can you imagine? You will have a fantastic <laughs> night. <laughs> mental. Guys, go yeah. well this weekend. Absolutely amazing talking to you. Thank you so much. No, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Thanks for having us. So awesome to speak to Matty, Jordan and Jack, not just because it was amazingly cool to have them in Vegas and the insight of when Fernando did the move and they all went mad, but also it's just so awesome that that came from a a chat in the pub and they were like, actually, we should talk about this. Huge credit to them. I love that chat. Yeah, they were so great. I think I could have spoken to them for another half an hour because we just could have covered so much more with them, couldn't we? They were amazing. Um, But as ever, you can get in touch with questions, thoughts, and feelings uh, let us know if you're enjoying the podcast so far we're at fast curious pod everywhere uh, or fast and curious at acast.com if you want to send an email christian we've got so many questions in for you 
in particular about Las Vegas. Are you ready? Well, I shall try my best to answer them. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so this one is from Steve, who says he's just raced through our back catalogue. Welcome along, Steve. He must have a lot of time on his hands. He says, with the surging popularity of Formula One and the calendar growing every year, we're running out of time and space for new circuits to be added. What venues would you like to see added and what would you replace in the calendar to make room for them? Well, Steve, uh, the simple answer to that is yes, we are running out of time and space. F1's talked about going up to 25 races. That's what the sports bosses would like. I'd love to see Germany return. The Nürburgring and Hockenheim both recently held the German Grand Prix. They're both great tracks. But for money reasons, unless F1 gets a sort of big new German talent, I don't see it happening As we spoke about a little earlier, F1 loves its big city races. F1 has wanted to host races in New York and London, but because of the sheer logistics and traffic and all that sort of thing, and them being such commuter working cities, neither seem realistic anytime soon. I would say South Africa, Colombia, or a second in China seem more likely they are the sort of areas that f1 has talked about wanting to spread its wings into and where there also seems sort of appetite to host more races Mm. i do you know what though i absolutely love new york so i would love to see a race in new york that would be incredible um right this next one is from Gareth in Canada. He wants to pick your brains about the cold in Vegas, Christian, as as do we all. He says, with it being so cold, will it be all bets off and it's just who has the better car? Or will it be, quite honestly, who figures out cold weather temperatures best? Love to hear your thoughts, especially Christian's expertise with respect to the tyres. Sorry, Greg, but it has to be talked about. Thanks. I agree. It has to be talked about. I love a bit of tyre chat. Um, th- the simple answer is it's a bit of both. F1 is always about who has a better car, but setup is key, particularly when it's a brand new circuit. Friday practice at a brand new track is more important than ever. It's going to be really important this weekend, simply because it's the first ever running of the track. They have simulators, but they do exactly what they say on the tin. They simulate. It's so key for the drivers to make sure there are no big mistakes or crashes. We just don't want them sticking it in the wall on Friday practice. That would be awful for the weekend. And for the second part of your question, the tyres, F1 chases the sun. The Pirelli tyres don't usually have to do their job in temperatures this cold. The latest weather, I checked the weather just before we recorded this pod. It's looking like the local temperature will be between 9 and 12 degrees Celsius. That's not as cold as had originally been forecast. So I... I can't see it being dangerous or anything. I can't see it being too chaotic. Famous last words, curse of the commentator. But put it this way, it should be entertaining. I think the Pirelli tyres will be fine. It's just that nailing setup and strategy will be more important than ever this weekend. I am so excited for this Grand Prix. I'm going to be watching it on delay because I'm at my best mate's 30th the night before. So there is no way that I'm going to be getting up at 6am. Sorry, everybody, but it's just not going to happen. You don't need to be getting up at 6am after a night out. No, absolutely not. Now, listen, we are going to be back after the Vegas Grand Prix to debrief. We are hoping, like we've just gone to Vegas beforehand, we're hoping 
to be in Vegas straight after the race with some eyes and ears on the ground. But Vegas is complete chaos, as we know. Will we get someone? Will we get someone and it be complete chaos? Or will we just get no one at all and be me, Greg and Betty? <laughs> Listen, at the very least, you'll have me, Greg and Betty. It could be worse, couldn't it? Um, don't forget, get in touch. Anything that doesn't make sense in the Vegas race or you're confused about, fire us a message during the race. And we will answer them in our post-Vegas review podcast here on The Fast and the Curious. Goodbye from me, Christian Hugill. And goodbye from you, Betty Glover. Bye!